A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Decoding TV bonus episode about the Prime Video original series, Expats. I'm David Chen. And when I have a leak in my roof, I just tape a little tarp on there and let things go the way they're supposed to go. Patrick Klepek, thanks for joining me today. I, I am shocked at the limits of umbrella technology. We need, like, <laughs> I know cancer, so many other things, but umbrellas, they got to get better. Mm. A lot of things uh, haven't improved very much in our society, you know, over the course of the last few decades. Toilet paper, <laughs> umbrellas. We've just given yeah. up. Oh, it's good enough. Sponges, it's good enough. Sponges, you know, like we just got to we got to have a revolution in uh, home, te- you know, regular technology that everyone uses. Anyway, welcome to this bonus episode. What are we doing here today? We are going to be discussing the Prime Video original series Expats. We're going to tell you whether we you should watch it or not. We're going to spoil the series finale of the show. Talk about our thoughts on the show. You can find more episodes of the show. Uh, this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. We're on YouTube. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on threads. We're posting clips every week at Decoding TV. Now, uh, I do want to say, Patrick Klepek, uh, you know, Patrick Klepek and I have relaunched Decoding TV as a weekly show recently, and we're still figuring out the format and how we do things. Uh, we have got one one piece of feedback, which is it is hard to keep track sometimes of whether or not we're going to finish a show uh, after we've started it. You know, we, we, did a, we did an intro episode on expats, uh, and now we're doing a bonus episode to end it. Uh, I, I think um, this is, a, you know, we'll see how things play out. It's kind of rare that we do something like this. Honestly, I was surprised that Patrick Klepek was still watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's why I was like, hey, we should, we should finish talking about it then. Uh, in general, if we think a show is worth covering, we will be covering it on the main weekly podcast. Um, but yeah, it's possible that there will be an opportunity uh, from time to time where there's a show that we, we don't want to cover or can't cover on the main podcast, but that we nonetheless did finish and think is worth talking about. Uh, we will uh, cover those in bonus episodes. And, uh, and although those episodes are available now for free, probably eventually they'll be behind the paywall for paid members at decodingtv.com. Patrick Klepek, any thoughts on like, you know, curious how you're thinking about it. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, should we, well, should we cover them? Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult because I think, uh, you know, you don't know how you're going to feel about a show. So you get into it, not sometimes uh, you and I are able to get early access to a show where we can settle our feelings on, hey, like we're like true detective. Like, I mean, I was very interested in that yes. season of the show and like particular was like, hey, I think this is one we should cover. But my guess is, you know, because we got early access to that, you and I watching the first episode felt pretty firmly in like firm ground. Like this is Absolutely. worth covering. We want to do this every week. Sometimes that's not always the case, and it's like we get to the show at the same speed that you, the like the, right. the listeners, are. And like you know, you've you've watched us do other shows like The Curse or Twisted Metal, and like we would probably take different approaches <laughs> in the format of this show, right? Yeah, Where yeah. starting something does not necessarily mean that we finish it. And I think maybe maybe one way we could think about it in the future is if a show that we drop as something we're going to keep watching week to week. But the audience is like, hey, I'd like, like if there was an outcry 
for for like the audience to hear right. a discussion to see it to the end. I think there'll be opportunities where we could pick up shows and do something like this, where we loop back around uh, with some thoughts on it after it wraps up. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, I agree with Patrick Klepek. It's hard to know whether you're going to like a show sometimes until you're really far into it. That said, Patrick Klepek, I do sympathize with the completionists. Mm-hmm. Of which Patrick Klepek is one. You know, we've gotten a few emails being like, "I started Masters of the Air for nothing," um, and I sympathize. I sympathize. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, I just wanted to give a quick note about that. We'll probably talk more about that on the main show as well. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's dive into expats. I just sometimes want to be alone, where I'm not. Somebody's wife, not somebody's mother. I'm not defined by tragedy. Don't you ever miss it? Home? I like our life here. <laughs> the help the drivers makes everything easier. I see his family. You know you always say that, right? You're her employer. Not her friend. All right, Patrick Klepek, let's talk about Expats, the Prime Video original series uh, created by Lulu Wong and uh, with, with uh, I think, many, if not most episodes directed by her, uh, or, or, or all episodes, I should say, uh, and written by a, a couple different people based off of the novel The Expatriates by Janice Y.K. Lee. Uh, we have seen all six episodes of the series. Really quickly, Patrick Klepek, in one sentence or less, do you think people should watch the show? Probably not. I wish it was. A, <laughs> I wish the final episode. We'll get into this. I wish the yeah. final episode was reflective of the show that I watched. But prob it's probably not worth the 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 length. Harsh judgment. Harsh judgment, Patrick Klepek. I will summarize my thoughts. Thusly, I got a DM on Instagram uh, yesterday. I, I posted a screenshot from Expats, and somebody, one of my uh, followers, said, "What a weird ride!" <laughs> and that's kind of how yeah. I feel about it. It is. I would say I'm very mixed on the show, uh, but there's enough good things about it that I feel like if you're into it in the first couple episodes, probably worth going all the way to the end. There's, it's not like yeah. there's dramatic changes. Mm-hmm. By the end, so definitely dip in a couple episodes, and if you like those, you'll probably like the rest of the series. And if you don't, it's not like the series changes dramatically for the better. So those are my thoughts. A real mixed bag. All that said, Patrick Klepek, let's talk about uh, some of the things that we liked about the show, and then uh, talk about some of the stuff that we, maybe we didn't like. We talk about the finale, what happens there a little bit. Uh, I will start by saying when I get to the end of this series, expats. My one primary emotion I feel about the show is that it is extremely earnest. Do you know? Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. Like it is very big emotions. We're just laying them all out there. Sometimes people just stating the feelings that they have explicitly. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just very, very earnest. And that's rare uh, to see. Now, where that can sometimes go wrong is it sometimes feels quite overwrought, I would say. Uh, but you know, you know, there's something strangely compelling about the show, even when I don't think it's that good. Uh, and it's that it's, it's earnest. It's really trying to say something about 
life, love, and tragedy, and how we all move on from those things. And so, uh, so there's something again undeniably compelling about the show that I, I think makes it worth checking out. Uh, Patrick Klepek, like I, I think you've spoken a lot about the finale. We went in our text. You've talked a lot about the mm-hmm. the series finale. Um, what was it about that finale that was so impactful to you? Because uh, that was not my favorite episode at all. Uh, but you're talking about episode six, Home. You should mm-hmm. assume we'll be spoiling uh, the show at this point. Go ahead, Patrick. What did you think about the finale? Well, uh, maybe this will uh, characterize our, our our different journeys on the show. The re- so the, the final episode, which is billed as a feature length because, boy, is it. It's it's an hour and 40 minutes long. No, no, no. That's, that's the fifth episode. That's the fifth episode. Is that the th- Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Um, the fifth episode uh, is featured length. The sixth episode is around seventy minutes long, if I recall correctly. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess it, it was more the the fifth episode that really like yes. that's the one that. Okay. Uh, the, I, I was the whole time you were like the final episode sorry, is sorry, incredible, I, I, and I, I was I, like, I, 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 yeah, I was like <laughs> the final episode was fine, but the fifth episode is the one that was incredible, in my opinion. Yes, right. yes, the fifth episode is is sorry. Yeah, that's 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 really what I meant. <laughs> uh, is that that's the. I wish that was the show that I was watching all on. I found mm-hmm. the main characters in this show to be broadly impenetrable. Um, mm-hmm. I I found them to be deeply unsympathetic, not because they weren't played beautifully by the actors. I just could not get into their situations. And it's, 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 and it's, it's Patrick Catnip. Like, Ooh, like it's sad. Ooh, everyone's so sad. Everyone's so <laughs> sad. Like a child disappeared. Like, Ooh, uh, like all the sorts of things that, I find interesting to interrogate emotionally in a show. And I just couldn't get there with these characters. But when we went to the inner lives of everyone that surrounds these main characters, I found that to be so fascinating. And I think the show sets itself up as, uh, Hey, like you go on these journeys, like these people are on the periphery. And then when you finally get to be with them, like it'll feel like it's building to this moment. And for me, it was just revelatory in, in the opposite sense, which is it showed the, I don't know, the complete disconnect I had with the vast majority of, of expats's like primary narrative uh, uh, through line. Um, but I, I, I just wish I could have spent so much more time with all of these other characters. Um, Cause I found their inner lives to just be, more relatable, more interesting. And they still had a connection to the, the central sadness that, that drives a lot of the, the plot of, of expats. But I don't know. I found their plights, their motivations more interesting and, uh, and more neatly lined up with a lot of the strengths of the show, which is just how beautifully shot it is. Like, it's just yeah. amazing to look at. And so when I was finally able to Would you to say combine... that Hong Kong is a character in the show, Patrick <laughs> Apparently, they, apparently you can't watch it in Hong Kong because of the the, the centralized mm. uh, the the narrative at a certain point, uh, focusing on the political protests. Um, yeah. and so I believe you can't you can't even stream the show um, in in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Patrick Klepek, by the way, was speaking about episode five. Correct. Called Central. Central. Yes. Uh, which I I would I would agree is like a tour de force episode and really strong and. Honestly, maybe even just worth watching on its own if you're if you're not it's even gonna really watch the show. Not that like you miss a little bit, you know the the, yeah. the 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 whole you know some of the emotional core with Essie and and yeah, Gus. Um, there, there's I some of you the mi- plot. You you kind of it kind of directly continues the plot from the previous episode, so that's a little bit rough. But like a lot of the other stuff is still works in my opinion. So anyway, right. um, the show Expats is about 
three characters, Margaret, Hillary, and Mercy. I'm going to read the plot to me from Wikipedia. Margaret grapples with an overwhelming sense of culpability and desolation uh, because of uh, her son went missing after under the, being under the care of Mercy. Margaret's companion, Hillary, maneuvers through the intricacies of a disintegrating marriage and uh, chance acquaintance and young Columbia graduate Mercy descends into a series of self-destructive choices. That's essentially what the show is about. And I kind of am on the same page as Patrick Klepek in the sense that uh, it was really difficult to have kind of access to these characters, to feel like I was really connected with these characters, uh, and or to feel like uh, I, I was learning anything about either these characters or the situation they're in. One of the overwhelming feelings I got was rich people. They're miserable just like us. So, know, that, that's, so that's the yeah. thing. Like that's, that was my hangup. Like, and you can tell stories about rich people in which you can still feel going an emotional journey with them. You can, yeah. you can find them to be sympathetic. Um, one way of doing it is in a, almost a satirical form, like, like a succession, right? In which you still feel and go on journeys with these characters. Obviously the aims of expats and succession are, are wildly different, but I like that's that that was the big hang up for me was just I, I have trouble feeling sad for these people. I cannot connect with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and often because we, we are just surrounded by their richness, like it is it is enveloping like the show. Uh-huh. It is not as though uh, these characters are incidentally rich, but what we're spending time with is them and just. The rich stuff is context is off to the side. No, they're being driven around by people like the assistants in the home. Like it is, it is just like suffocating to the degree to which these people are pampered and taken care of and allowed to just wallow in like their understandable sadness, but in a way that I just, it's not like I felt like get over it. Cause, cause like the central thing of Gus and the mystery over what, happened to him or what could be still happening to him is 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 gut-wrenching to deal with but i don't know like i like every time we would cut away to like a mercy like that like you know this this character who actually is living um a more relatable life in hong kong i just found that so much more interesting than margaret and any of these other characters i just i just couldn't get over that part also the fact Hmm. that could like it's this is a show set in uh modern times like the last like couple of years and constantly people are like, I don't know how to talk to other people in a different language. Like, motherfucker, get a phone that could translate it for you. Like, nobody walks around with, like, a, a a modern device that could just help you talk to the other. Like, that stuff drove, I don't, I, that stuff drove me up a wall. Um, and in fact, there's, like, a whole plot point about them going to visit Gus's potential body. And the central tension is they've clearly been uninterested in learning how to speak the language of a lot of the people here and then can't even be bothered to have a piece of technology that could help them communicate with those people. And then whoops, we get stuck in a room because we can't talk to anyone. I just, ah, that's, that stuff really kind of drove me nuts over the, over the the course of the series. I would agree. That stuff was very frustrating. I will say Patrick Klepik in their defense, it looked like this show was set like a, quite a, a while ago right um not not in modern times like in the iphone era but the iphone they were using was like a much older one um okay. it was okay. it was like you know iphone 8 or something you know so like now that still had 
Google Translate, but Bring like a book <laughs> with like some like some sentences that like he like I, I'm here to see my dead kid's body. <laughs> like, like you it, know, what it, I mean? like, this is basic shit. It is, it is, it is shocking the degree to which they seem completely uninterested in learning. Like it's not even like oh they know some basic phrases and uh, but they can't hold the conversation. Right, they seem to not know anything. Like they seem to not have any mastery of even basic vocabulary of no hello um, or like, can't, wi- can't, like door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will now to its credit. I, I will say one of the things that is really cool about the show is um, that it does show the messiness of like lots of different types of people living in one mm-hmm. country. So, you know, uh, it, it not too long ago, Patrick Klepek, you'd have uh, a character like Mercy in the show, and it would be like, oh, it would just be assumed that that character can speak uh, the language, which in this case yes. is Cantonese. Um, but it's very clear that Mercy, w- what I mean by that is because she is Asian, right? Um, uh, Ji Young Yu plays Mercy, uh, and she is, I believe, South Korean in real life and in the show. Correct. And so. Uh, she doesn't speak the language, so it's like, oh, there's people who look Chinese, who look like Asian, but aren't don't speak the language. You know, that's and that's like I appreciated that the show made that a plot point, but it's like, really, you need you don't speak any of it. You know, like you need to <laughs> at least you need to at least like get around. Like even I know how to say bathroom in French. You know, when I'm going mm-hmm. to visit Europe, uh, so I agree that that part was very frustrating. And, and the show Patrick doesn't Clip- seem to interrogate that very much, and maybe maybe we're mm-hmm. meant to do that as the audience but i guess maybe that was some of my frustration of the show is that it can certainly be read as into a certain degree of sort of maybe not celebrating but i guess i found the show i don't never really framed their lack of interest in the world around them in a way that felt i don't know it it, it just it, it it just left an odd taste in my mouth right, by, right. by the end it, it, it wasn't definitively it didn't definitively come out as like condemning that in any way it shows how inconvenient their lives are um but it doesn't really seem to take a position on it from what i can tell uh so in terms of uh the other components of the show you know patrick klepik you're saying the trappings of wealth distracted you i don't think that's sufficient to uh to make it so that you can't access these people's lives you know mm-hmm. Look, think about succession which was very very enamored of all the rich people trappings, the apartments, the parties, and so on and so forth. That doesn't mean that we can't access those people's inner lives. Um, so I feel like there had to be something else, right? That that prevented yeah. you from really gaining access to. It. I wonder what it was. Maybe it was, you know, the repetitiveness of some of the the relationship dynamics, or maybe it was the, some of the dialogue. You know, uh, but I'm kind of curious, like, because I don't think just showing pe- rich people is enough to. To no, make you feel no, like you certainly not. And, yeah. and I think it might, I mean, it, it could be, um, you know, uh, there is a kind of repetitiveness to sort of the, the wallowing that happens throughout yeah. expats. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't move. Like it's, it is, it is a slow show. Not, not a lot ultimately sort of like both a yeah. lot and not a lot ultimately happens. Um, and I don't know that I can pin it on anything specific other than just, uh, I found myself because of that, you know, uh, the, the, the episode five central and the fact that I so quickly managed to find myself immediately in and empathizing with this set of characters. It only just exaggerated my inability to do so with everyone else in the story. And so I, 
I, I think it's more that the the trappings of their life, um, their wealth, and the show's sort of lack of interrogation uh, 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 about that. I think just were were things that I found more frustrating because I was unable to find myself situated with these characters. So like individually on those own, I don't think those components, like you said, like just because they're rich doesn't mean the lives uh, of these people can't be interesting uh, or worth watching. But I think I ended up focusing on those elements more and more over time. They stood out to me like in greater and greater light because it, it should have been easy to get me over the finish line with a lot of these characters. And I just, I just found myself really having trouble um, sympathizing with them too, too much. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, I, yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about episode five. So Patrick Klepek referred to episode five entitled central a few times. And essentially what happens is for the first four episodes, you're following these three women and they're li- You're learning about the central tragedy, which is that one day, uh, Mercy is kind of in a new city. She's kind of lonely. She meets randomly meets this rich family on a boat, and Nicole Kidman's uh, family. Uh, and Nicole Kidman plays Margaret, mm-hmm. and Margaret's having some insecurities at that time that the Mercy and Margaret meet. You know, Margaret's uh, na- is it nanny au pair? You know what? I don't know what the, the term yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think um, they uh, often like referred as like the help and help, stuff like yeah, like, her, her yeah, helper. Um, her helper Essie seems to be doing a better job at being a mother than Margaret is doing at that time. Yeah, and so Margaret's trying to take control of her life back and show that I can be a good mom and so on. And so she's like, I'm going to hire someone, uh, someone else to maybe help watch the kids. And so she takes Mercy out to dinner as kind of a trial. And while they're out at the Hong Kong night market, uh, Mercy loses one of Margaret's children, Gus, who we ultimately learn at the end of the mo- at the end of the show, spoilers, uh, is never seen or heard from again. We never actually know what happens to Gus. By the Awful. Of the show. Yeah. Um, is he dead? Is he alive? Is he being trafficked? Like, we just don't know uh, what's going on. It remains unresolved. And we're largely following the lives of these women. Uh, you know, Mercy has descended into a terrible state. Margaret, it's, it's basically one act, one event that then shapes mm-hmm. Margaret and Mercy's lives forever, right? One single in- incident. And there's something really compelling about that idea of like, oh, this one thing that happened, and then like it leaves a cascading trail of destruction behind it. Mercy has an affair with Margaret's friend's husband. Margaret's friend is Hillary. Uh, and you know, that has implications for Margaret's relationship with Hillary as well as, you know, Hillary's own life. Uh, And so that's the story we're following for the first four episodes. Then episode five begins complete different shift Mm -hmm. in perspective. We are introduced to a bunch of different characters. We don't exactly know who they are at first, but then as the episode unfolds, we realize that the episodes, the, the the characters we are following in episode five are characters we have basically seen in the background mm-hmm. for the first four episodes of the show. And it's a really brilliant shift. It's like, oh, wow, like all these locations that we've been to, um, the people we have seen being referred to in the background, like Essie and Puri, they are now taking center stage. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot that I connected to with this, Patrick Klepek. You know, my parents used to own a Chinese restaurant. Mm. And uh, a lot of 
the people who worked at that restaurant were immigrants that lived in tiny apartments in Chinatown in Boston. And every morning they would get on this large 10 person van and silently like file into this van and like drive like 45 minutes into the suburbs to like work at this restaurant. And then they drive back. And I always wondered what their lives were like. And I didn't have access to any of that because I was a child. And, but I was just like, I'm always curious, like what are these people have inner lives? They have hopes and dreams. And I don't know about any of them, but they're like critical to our business functioning. Mm-hmm. And that's what this episode purports to do. Episode five, it kind of pulls the curtain back, uh, and uh, we see one, you know, family. Uh, w- this mom who works at the store, her son is involved in these Hong Kong political protests. Uh, we see Puri, who is forced to kind of make nice with Hillary after her husband reveals that he's gotten Mercy pregnant, and then uh, Essie is. Uh, needing to contend with all the awkwardness and pain and tragedy of being part of Margaret's family. Um, so yeah, Patrick Klepek, a- anything you want to highlight from these three plot lines that you connect with? Well, the, the thing that ties them all together that I found so compelling, and I think because of my inability to sort of connect with a lot of the central characters, uh, I wondered a lot, like, what do they, what do these, like, that was a big question I had hanging over, a lot of the time when I was watching the show was what do these people think of their like lot in life? What do they think of their situation? What do they think of these families? Um, Cause you get, you, you know, there's a, a, a mixture of these people are, um, you know, the, the way the, the, the homeowners, like do these people think of them as friends? They think of them as just assistants. Like it's a very complicated relationship. Um, um, that a lot of them have, but how do those people think of themselves in that relationship? And I found that exploration of some people who view it as just an employment contract, other people like Essie, who, you know, because they are not actually local to their own family, like she has grandkids, but they don't live nearby. And so some of like, you know, someone like Gus, like, and the, and the other children uh, as part of Margaret's family become kind of her surrogate grandchildren as a result and the fact that she doesn't view herself as like oh here are these rich people uh who hire me to make their food like i'm being taken advantage of like she feels a real warmth to these people like feels loved like and i felt that that was really a very interesting perspective to have and i found that perspective i i i often wondered by the end of the fifth episode had some of this been we like obviously it's a very clever like how we like kind of step into this narrative from a different yeah. perspective, very late in the game of the arc of the series. Had that been woven in earlier, I wonder if that grounding in humanity would have allowed me to better connect with some of the central narrative early on, um, because it all kind of gets compacted into a single, I mean, you know, five and six, mm-hmm. like have like, you know, a narrative elements that are, are, are connected to one another that are really a lot of the groundwork is laid in, 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 in central, but I, I left it, I, it left me wishing more of this complete picture of all of the like core characters had been weaved in weaved in earlier, and maybe that would have helped uh, not only paint a complete picture or kind of the humanity of these situations, but also when it feels like we're you know like watching Margaret be sad again for the twelfth time, um, it may, maybe stuff like that could have I don't know could have could have created. Uh, a more, a more interesting dynamic um, episode to episode, as opposed to compacting it all into this one really big narrative. 
I just appreciate that it shows that all these people are they have full lives and yeah. it shows them like in their in their homes and what their homes look like and all the sets are like really meticulously dressed as you know and and, and they feel very authentic. Um, so I appreciate all that. Now, one thing I didn't like about the episode is I just know all these people are going to get fucked over somehow. Like that's kind yeah. of uh, right from the beginning. I'm like I already know where this is ending and it's going to be sad and uh, the, the show has. The tone of the show and the way the show has made itself up, it left no mystery as to how this episode was going to end. <laughs> Every right. single one of these people is going to be screwed over in some way. It was kind of like how I how I kind of felt. And and I was largely proven correctly. The woman who whose son uh, is protesting, she ends up, I think, okay. Like, nothing terrible happens to her. But uh, But the other people, they get kind of, like, hurt in some way. No, but her, uh, her son goes to to jail. I think, yeah. uh, you know, like she, she. I mean, there's there's a under, you know, one of the through lines of the whole show is just motherhood, mothers, the connection that mothers uh, like uh, feel to uh, their own children, to sort of like surrogate children, like in the case of Essie, and um, you know, at least at least in her case, the the fact that like her son is her, is her like she has a tiny apartment, she has probably a job that's not very good, and then the one other thing she got in her life is her son. And her son's yeah. out there. Now, obviously, you know, respect the protest. Like, you know, like I understand where that kid is coming from as well. But I can also, as a parent, understand, like, as as the, from the mother's perspective, like, like you're all I've got. And like, what what do you expect to accomplish other than you know getting under someone's boot out there? And you know, yeah. when he ends up getting arrested. You know, the mother, at least from her uh, emotionally, from her perspective, she has proven right. Even if I also understand why the kid feels uh, the, the reason to, to, to act uh, the way, the way he does. Um, and, and yeah. But you're right. It's a very strange relationship. These people have with their, uh, their bosses. It's, it's like if you had a, a really close family member that you depended on uh, for emotional and physical labor that you could also fire at any time, you know, like <laughs> right. that's a weird dynamic. <laughs> Uh, where like these people are really important, but hey, for reasons completely beyond their control, uh, th- these uh these live in help are really important, or not not living, they're not living, but you know they they're help. Um, for for reasons beyond their control, they might just be like, hey, you're no longer part of this family anymore, and, it's, and that could happen at any time, and they need to be willing to accept that. And um, it's it, you can imagine you can imagine how precarious that is, and that precarity is dramatically enforced in this episode when. Uh, Hillary kind of changes back to her normal self the night after. Oh their, man, you know, my heart broke. Like when, like she puts away the dress and like has mm-hmm. to come, has to come over like to get her coffee and eggs because she's hungover. And after yeah. that, that incredible scene where, I mean, man, like when she sings as like she's playing the piano, like just an like an unbelievably beautiful moment in the show, yeah. and then just. I mean, the, 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 although the, the, that was that one was rough, but also when when Essie makes the decision that she's going to go be with her family, and then Margaret uses, I'm sure not from her perspective, emotional manipulation, but emotional manipulation to ask for her to come with them across, you know, as right. part of the move back to the U.S. I was, scre- I was screaming. I was like, "Don't, don't do it!" It's like <laughs> these people have weaponized the fact that if you were like essentially. It's not live and help, but like a set, you are there the moment yeah. those kids are up. The moment, like you are, you may not sleep there, but you, you are essentially live and help. Of course, those kids would feel like they're your own. It would be impossible to uh, adopt the habits of like a parent 
and spend that much time with children and not feel an emotional bond. And then to have that weaponized against you to do something as dramatic as mo- like move across the country. Now, obviously, you know, in the moment, Margaret doesn't know that Essie has made or is trying to make a decision to move back to her family. But I was just, I was like, don't let her do this to you. Don't let her do this to you. <laughs> well, you know, there's so many moving elements about episode five, right? Essie uh, has this moment where she's, she's like at some kind of market in line with Puri, right? And mm-hmm. she, you see, she gets very emotional about Gus being gone. Yeah. And yes, you're right that Nicole Kidman is being emotionally manipulative in that scene. But I think Nicole Kidman is also recognizing that, hey, it's possible this might be the last. There's a small possibility this might be the last conversation we have. And Mm -hmm. if so, I need to unburden myself and say, you should have been there at the night market. Like, it was my fault that you weren't there. And that was like a really good cathartic moment. So, yes, she's being emotionally manipulative. Uh, but also, but I think my the biggest moment, the most telling moment in that episode is they're both having this conversation. Essie and Margaret are having this conversation where Margaret's saying, "We're moving to the U.S." and they're having a different conversation. Essie's thinking, "I need to like you're firing me." Basically, Essie's yes. thinking, "You're firing me," and Margaret's saying, "I'm begging you to come with us." Right? Like, but she, they don't they don't know that that's the conversation <laughs> that they're yeah, having. Yeah, and then Margaret says, oh, so you'll come with us, right? Like, there's this kind of presumption that like, mm-hmm. oh, so you, you're, you're just going to come with, right? Like, that's that's kind of the current, that's the default plan. Um, Margaret doesn't know anything about Essie's life, I bet. You know, she doesn't give a shit Hasn't about, asked. like, yeah, she doesn't give a shit about, like, what family Essie's leaving, but the sacrifices Essie needs to make. And that's kind of the big dynamic at play is like, what what are the things we don't know about the people around us, you know, mm-hmm. what, what is the fullness of their lives? And I, I really appreciate that episode five uh, invited us to, um, uh, to think about this. Also going to put this out there, Patrick Klepek. Uh One of my favorite scenes is like when all the kind of, um, uh, I guess, helpers are hanging out, playing bingo together. Ama- amazing scene, amazing <laughs> yes. scene. Uh, and just like, they all know everything. They all know everything about each other, and they're oh, just and they start talk. sharing all the gossip. They start about sharing all everybody. the gossip. Oh, and oh my god, it's amazing! And and by the way, there was—I'll just say this—in True Detective Night Country, there was mm. an extremely similar dynamic, like an extremely similar like cluster of women that, like theoretically, they know everything about town. And I'm just going to say, I liked the way it was implemented in this show. <laughs> <laughs> it felt a little bit more true to life. In expats that it did a true <laughs> granted extremely different subject matter and situations, uh, but I was just like, oh, this is kind of what I think the feeling I was supposed to have in True Detective Night Country, was. right? You know, like right. was like, oh, like these people, they're like they're everywhere, and they 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 know everything about every, like they are more powerful than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> uh, they could tear and, they could tear lives apart if they chose yeah, to, absolutely. and they choose not to, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I got the full weight of that power in this show in a way that I don't think I you know felt in the other show. So anyway. Well, but, and, and, yeah. and part of what makes that so powerful is it's played in that scene explicitly for comedy. Like it's it's one of the funniest in a show mm-hmm. that is otherwise very down and dour. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Like it's it's a moment of catharsis for these these characters who are 
overlooked in their lives in many ways until this moment overlooked by the show until it turns its gaze towards them. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I loved the fact that it was such a to- like a tonal shift for the show. It's where it allows itself to be light and breezy, even if there's so much weight behind to everything that they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, episode five, amazing episode, almost worth, the whole journey just to watch that episode, you know, like just I, to really... I, I agree. I, I think I would have like, uh, uh, had that not existed. I don't know. I'm even, I, I might've still kept watching the show, but I don't know if I would have told you to do it. I, <laughs> like it was that episode that really sort of solidified. I think David would get a lot out of yeah going on a, to at least see this episode, because I think it's a, a remarkable piece of work in a, you know, uh, otherwise flawed, uh, season of television. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I, I love that episode, uh, but I'm also going to say I think I liked the episode prior to that, which is uh, basically a bottle episode, right? So you mm-hmm. have Hillary and her mom trapped in an elevator with this white woman, and then you have <laughs> uh, Margaret and Clark going to try to ID someone who might be Gus. And that was one of my favorite episodes as well, because honestly, a lot of those interactions felt very authentic to me. It felt like... yeah. Like, especially between Clark and Margaret, where they're just, you know, they're in this horrible situation and they're just talking about how are we going to move forward with our lives in this situation? You know, they're just having frank conversations about here's the terrible situation we're in and how we're going to do this. And uh, that's what a marriage and a partnership is like. You're just kind of you need to deal with stuff that comes up and and uh, and figure out how to manage it. And um, and there's times when you're crying and there's times when you're laughing and you fluctuate between all those things. Um, so anyway, I, I actually liked episode four quite a bit as well. I also want to give a shout out to Brian T who plays Clark going toe to toe with Nicole Kidman, Academy Award winning actress, Nicole Kidman. Um, I think he really holds his own and I yeah. thought he did a phenomenal job in episode four. So anyway, yeah, I, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoyed that part too. And, and it's, it's interesting for the two of them where as, as much as I groan at their inability to speak basic elements of a language of a place they live in to like get out of their situation the it was important for these characters to be locked away with one another because you know speaking as a parent of two kids you know uh my as far as i know my marriage is not in shambles in the way that the two, the two of theirs might be as a result of their crisis but when you are a parent there's just so much going on that it's so convenient to not talk about things because there's always something you can be doing there is always something that 
Right. You can you can get you can give legitimate reason like, well, I should be doing this instead of us sitting and having like a frank and focused and honest conversation that requires like time, commitment, emotional honesty, when there are just a thousand other things you could be doing as a parent that make it convenient to just, well, that part seems hard. What if we didn't do that? And I did some laundry instead, or oh, I hear one of the kids, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so yeah. they kind of have to be locked away because it's very challenging for parents to get to that place emotionally. For, obviously, their situation is a unique uh, challenge given the situation with Gus, but it applies to any number of conversations you might want to have with a partner that you also share uh, children with. Yeah, yeah. All right, the finale. Uh, now, here's what I'm going to say about the show. Regardless of whether you like the show or not, choices are being made. Throughout the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like choice decisions are being made. Uh, swings are being taken. And I appreciate that. It's not just Lulu Wong is not just uh, whatever words you have to say about the show. You, I, I cannot describe the direction as pedestrian in any way. It's, it's, it's confident. There are, it's confident. It's confident. Now, a lot of those choices don't, don't work. Some of them, some of them do, or, you know, I, I, I guess a lot of them also do. There's this very odd, thing that happens in episode six. First of all, we have just had a feature length episode in episode nine, right? <laughs> yeah. Then episode six begins and it's like a whole different show. I don't know if you notice, like mm-hmm. there's uh, these opening, there's an opening credit sequence, which doesn't happen in any of the other episodes. And then some of the ep- parts of the episode are filmed in a completely different style, which is really weird. Um, but I think that the, the, there's a part of this episode, episode six, the series finale that, I think sums up the strengths and weaknesses of the show, which is you uh, you have these three characters, Margaret, Hillary, and Mercy. What we learn is that they all end up having lunch with each other, basically. And then the show intercuts between them talking to each other uh, and kind of makes it as though it's like one long conversation, even though like sometimes from what I can tell, it seems like the, the, the conversations are only one-on-one. They're not like mm-hmm. all three of them are at, it's like two of them are at a thing. And then a different per- permutation of two are at the, the thing. And Wong chooses to direct this sequence using straight direct to camera addresses, uh, which I understand what she's going for. And I think it could be really powerful, but that combined with the dialogue sometimes made me feel like it's giving, 80s and 90s anti-drug PSA. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I was thinking of the uh, the like the Michael Jackson music video, Black or White, where it's like the vast majority of like people talking to you into, yeah. into the camera. Here's a clip from the show. Uh, this is from the final episode of Expats. I know it's hard to imagine feeling anything but pain ever again. But you can. You will survive. I have to. For Daisy and Philip. And when the dark thoughts hit you, you decide whether you let them take you under or whether you're going to get up, brush your teeth, open the curtains, go for a walk. You look to the children you still have. And you hum. So I think your reaction to the show is going to really depend on your reaction to like that kind of dialogue and style of dialogue and style of delivery, you know, which is... Mm -hmm really earnest, uh, 
borderline didactic, you know, and uh, very emotional, very like declarative of like, this is how you feel. This is how you should feel. And that's a lot of the show. That's mm-hmm. a lot of the show is just people saying like, I feel bad about this because, you know, a little more awful than, than how I'm describing it. But, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like in, it's, it's very similar to when I watched that clip. I was like, this sums up the show. This is this is the style of the show, in my opinion, which is these big emotions and kind of like declaring the universal cosmological significance of like what I'm going through right now. Um, that's how it feels to me. Uh, Patrick, am I, am I out of line here? What do you think? No, no, I, I think, I think you're right. Um, and I think it's interesting to watch such earnest dialogue and storytelling given to, I mean, I think the acting is like across the board in the show, like really strong. And so I think it's interesting to give what, if you were to give the same sort of material to lesser actors, like how wobbly that would get like so fast, like so fast. And I think it works as well as it does work here from strong direction from Lulu Wong. And then also strong acting, like from everybody involved that a lot, like you may, the tone still may not land for you. It may, like, like you said, give you drug PSA vibes, but uh, I think it's as strong as it is because like, it, it believes in itself, right? Like there, like I, confidence is the word. Like I, I, I thought about a lot watching the show start to start to finish. Uh, where even like you said, if the if the moments don't land for you, the swings don't connect with you. They all come from like a very confident choice of like this is the story we're trying to tell, and specifically this is how we're telling it. Um, and I think that that lends all the way to, to the end, and even lends into um, I believe this lines up with how it wraps up. The, the book ends slightly differently than um, uh, the series. It makes a couple of different choices. Um, I think specifically in regard to, to mercy. Um, but one thing that I think would have been very easy to come up with a solution for is like what happened to Gus. Um, like that goes unresolved in the book. It goes unresolved here. And is one of the strongest, like the, the choice to not do anything with that, I think is a really strong creative yeah. choice because I would agree. Yeah. it's, it's gut wrenching. I, I, as a parent, I, I, I was like the father in episode four. I was rooting for Gus to be on the table, not because you want Gus to be dead, but because it's closure. Like yeah. it allows you to uh, close a, uh, you know, close the book on a chapter of your life and deal with the emotional consequences of that. And the idea that you just have to go on living pretty sure you know what happened but not a hundred percent like that one percent or however small it gets or how smaller it gets over time as you like time doesn't heal all wounds but it 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 gives the distance helps you deal with it um to not provide a resolution to that uh is very messy but i also think really powerful and i i applaud the show for not giving into i think would be otherwise be a pretty easy impulse to find some sort of resolution for that. So you could have the characters move on in one way or the other. And I'm glad that the show decided to keep that element from the book. I, I agree. I liked where we ended up uh, with all the characters. I do think that there is this uh, Nicole Kidman's characters arc felt a little bit compressed to me. Mm-hmm. She's very in her own head. She's very, um, worried about trying to track down Gus's killer or kidnapper or whatever. And then 
all you know in episode five i think she abruptly realizes we gotta we get we can't do this anymore we gotta move and then in episode six she's like okay actually i can't do that you know and i think in real life there would have been weeks and weeks and weeks between these decision points and it probably would have made more sense but like it all happens within you know a couple hours on the show Mm -hmm. and so it felt very kind of ping-ponging back and forth but i like where she ended up that said, I did read a letterbox review that I really enjoyed. I think somebody said something along the lines of one of the most unrealistic things I've ever seen on this show is the very last shot of the show is Nicole Kidman walking down the street wearing a, a Jan Sport backpack, <laughs> uh, which is not something that those are two things that should never go together. <laughs> and yeah, she's wearing like a regular, you know. A, a normal, a civilian backpack. Right? <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, Nicole Kidman's one of the most glamorous people on the planet. She probably wouldn't wear a Jazzport <laughs> backpack. So, But that's a very minor niche. Yes. You know? Yes. Very minor. It, it, not even worth bringing up. I don't know why I did. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, uh, speaking of Gus not being found or his plotline not being resolved. I think there's also the temptation in a show like this to have some major thing happen. Like mercy gives up her child to Margaret or mercy gives up her child to Hillary. Right. And I think uh, in the book, I think in the book, um, there like, uh, mercy has the child and like, it's a boy. And there's like a moment where like she hands it over to Margaret, almost suggesting like this could be a replacement for for Gus. I believe mm-hmm. there's an arc yeah. that involves that in, in the book and none of that is none of that's present here. And I appreciate again I appreciate that as a choice. It's like that is a that that's kind of what you expect in a kind of more melodramatic mm-hmm. show or or movie, but uh they chose to leave everything messy and ambiguous, which is life moves on and we kind of uh we have the ability to show kindness to each other, which I think Nicole Kidman's character does when she kind of she basically forgives mercy at the end and i think that's very lovely and you know but life moves on nothing nothing major other than gus vanishing like nothing major really happens like there's no big gesture or uh any dramatic change it's just life moves on it's messy we have the opportunity to show kindness to each other and we should do that and that's it and i kind of i do appreciate that that that's kind of like it's not all tied up in a nice big bow or anything like that so um, no and, and i think uh if you are i can understand why maybe that would contribute to some of the reaction to the show i like like la- lacking real resolution i can mm-hmm. understand being frustrating to some but if you find that those sort of narratives to be interesting like this is a show that embraces that part of it where it's nothing is really wrapped up in a bow I, it just sort of ends again I, I like the ending not sure i liked like how we got there because i think that everything else in the show is so heightened do you know yeah. what i mean all the emotions the, the whole gus thing hillary's marriage being by the way kind of weird as far as i can tell because it seems like they have they have like an arrangement but like not really because hillary takes it personally you know like unclear to me that they that? ever liked each other um like the like i i did not f- buy much of their uh relationship at all uh throughout the series so by the by the end of like they're not together anymore yeah that that's how i felt when this started <laughs> well there's this moment when hillary shows up at this bar uh, mm-hmm. wearing this revenge dress. And you're thinking, oh, she's going to go and tell this guy off, right? That's what it is going to be. But then she says, hey, I can't do this without you. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry about the text. Like, you shouldn't have gotten that. You know, like, 
And I'm like, oh, okay, so they have an arrangement. But then that conversation then rapidly degenerates to the point where they're like fighting with each other. And I'm like, okay, so what am I watching exactly? You know, I guess it's, mm-hmm. it's it, the, the show makes you think, oh, it's not as messy as you think it is. But then it's like, oh, actually, maybe it is as messy. And then it definitely becomes as messy when he. Basically, I could never pin that thing down. I could never, I never, <laughs> I never understood what the dynamic was at that point. You know, like, yeah. did you, did you have any sense of what that was? You know, like whatever it was, I don't think it came across clearly in the show. No, you know? I, I, I agree. Like the uh, the contours of their relationship never felt fully defined, and I yeah. think that 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 helped make you know understanding it and sitting with it as the viewer more more challenging. I usually don't like clunky exposition, but I really would have appreciated Hillary sitting down, Hillary sitting down with Purry and explaining like, oh, here's our arrangement. Face the camera, white background, and tell me, are you okay with your husband cheating on you? That's fine. Everyone lives right. different lives and He's, finds different ways to happiness. But right, you're okay with the cheating, but like, you know, I you know I read this book um, uh, about polyamory. Have you seen this book, this memoir about polyamory called More recently? This is, it was in the New York Times. I saw this in the New York Times. So, like, oh, this, this seems like an interesting book. And this, it's, it's a memoir called More. And it's this woman who uh, writes about having an open marriage. Mm-hmm. And she and her husband have rules. You know? Uh, no one who is from the kid's school. Okay. Um, Fair. You can't, the person can't sleep over our house. You know, like, all these, Fair. like, rules. And I'm like, oh, that, that, you know, and maybe they have a similar set of rules. If they did, it was not communicated in any way. <laughs> but maybe it's like, yeah, you can sleep with other people, but like, don't catch feet. Oh, that was another thing. Don't fall in love. That was another thing. You know, don't mm. fall in love. Don't get the other person pregnant. You know, like, there's all this, like, I'm saying there's a way to do that subplot in a way that, like, right. made sense. Um, well, because it was but, very clear that, like, the, the arc of their relationship had gotten mess. And maybe that was a messiness of circumstance. Maybe that, you know, like, you know, especially given the, their disagreements or lack of communication on ch- having children, not having children. And I, I agree with you just a little bit of um, <laughs> just over hung over, over coffee. Just explain like, what's yeah, the deal just with explain. your husband? We get, we, we get hints of it throughout. We get hints mm-hmm. of it throughout. You know, when she says to Margaret, I think my marriage is not working. You know, I think my marriage isn't working. And then we later like understand she's like, she's talking about the arrangement she has with him. Not necessarily like, a loving marriage as you well, and, and I would then even it. It, when they like it's all falling apart she finds out about the the pregnancy the thing she's upset about the most seems to be not the pregnancy the fact that he was sleeping with this woman but was the the, the way it's going to be perceived by everyone else is that oh i couldn't give you a child so you left for this younger woman that could give you a child because that's more right. of an image thing and i can imagine right. the, the rules from the book you're talking about more yeah. Part of why you have the rules. Don't, don't is, make me is, look bad. That's rule don't make one. me look right. Right. Because you, you, if you have a, an arrangement that does not feel quote unquote normal, you are probably coming up with rules so that you can exist in a society that has a different set of expectations mm-hmm. and norms. And I, did they have that? Didn't they have that? Yeah. Did, I, basically, did he violate some rules or was it just more of a vibes based approach they were taking? And, she, and he just kind of broke it that way, you know? <laughs> I uh, think it was the latter. I felt like it was vibes. I, I felt very like vibe, it was vibes. Very, she seems like very vibes driven. And I, I will say, I think the whole subplot of her dad felt very rushed at the end. Yeah. You know, like, Even the mom get, stuff. Like, I appreciated the, 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 I liked. The conversation I like. I, I love the fact that there was a show centering 
the struggles of like, oh, the, the thing that women are supposed to do is like is mm-hmm. have kids yeah. like and that's and I, I thought it was really uh, interesting and, and that there was a whole central plot about this character essentially saying like, what if that's not for me? What if I don't want to do that? That's OK. Right. But it it felt like, well, we've made no time for any of this in the rest of the show. So the only <laughs> way to accomplish this, this is to shit you in an elevator with your mother. And it doesn't come across <laughs> as exposition. Right. But like it's also it's also doing a lot of exposition for a character that is largely sidelined through a lot of expats. Yeah. Uh f- f- final observation but you know a few other closing thoughts. But before we get to them Patrick Klepek, you want to tell people where they can find more of your work on the internet this week. Uh yeah, you can uh hear me Watch me talking about video games uh, over at remapradio.com. And I have a, a gaming and parenting newsletter called Crossplay that you can subscribe over at crossplay.news. All right. And of course, follow us across all platforms at Decoding TV. Become a paid member at decodingtv.com. Get ad free episodes and early access to episodes and bonus episodes in the future, like this one uh, that we will be putting behind the paywall. We really appreciate everyone at decodingtv.com for making this podcast possible. Uh, all right, final just stray observations, Patrick Klepek. Uh, the character of uh, Hillary's husband, what is his name? I think it's, is it David? Um, yes, David. Let me make sure, yeah. Like, the idea is that every one of these characters has been impacted by Gus being lost, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and where the, the, the trust was shattered for David... Was when Hillary was being interrogated by police and they asked her about her husband and she couldn't answer definitively immediately that he didn't take this child. And that's his trauma. And my reaction to that is get over it, man. Like (laughs) (laughs) She was in a freaking extraordinary situation. You don't know what was going on in her head. And I have a feeling you guys didn't talk about it very much. You know? No. Um, Yeah. I don't think this is something where like they sat down, had a conversation and she backed that up to be like, I'm sorry, but in the moment I thought maybe you fucking killed the kid. Like, you know, I just, I just, (laughs) or maybe she was just under an insane amount of stress at the time. And like, didn't even understand the, you know, she just like, Hey, I had to think through every single part, you know, like, clearly you disappear like i'm not gonna be shocked if like different points in your marriage you have disappeared for days weeks at a time and so the the notion of like oh you know what i mean like you could just pause in a where your best friend or one of your best friends has maybe just lost their child like again you cannot judge the emotional (laughs) responses of people in a situation like that and yet he seems to have made that 100 percent, his whole deal his whole personality is like she waited she she hesitated after they were asked about me and it's like well did she hesitate long no for like a second or two and it's like okay guy come yeah. on like really that's um the, <laughs> I, like you know these women have like like legit traumas like mm-hmm. you know this uh Margaret's lost her child. Hillary's uh, father was a domestic abuser. Mercy is the one that did the losing, the, the child losing. Okay, the part where David talks about paralyzing his brother that I, I got a lot more sympathy out of him from that from from that. But like the idea that that's what led to his relationship with Hillary ending was because she she hesitated for a <sighs> that second. Felt a little like... shoehorned in. It was sad. <laughs> I'm not saying what happened right. to David wasn't sad, but it did feel like the show. Like uh What's David's trauma? <laughs> like spin the wheel. And like everyone has Well, they stuff did is... they did set it up in the first episode. You know, they I I I know, yeah. I know, yeah. but it, it I don't know. It um 
but it's, when it's it was, weird. Like th- literally, what do you know about David? <laughs> he's an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's upset that his wife hesitated at the interrogation, <laughs> uh-huh. and also he paralyzed his brother. You know, like yeah. that's why is that's why you are experiencing that because it's like we literally know almost nothing else about him. Basically, correct. Right? Oh, and he's a philanderer, right? He's a philanderer, right? So. I did really enjoy that scene where they were insulting each other, though. That like playing that little se- <laughs> yeah. that little sex game where they're insulting each other. That was ama- that was amazing. Where he's like, "Well, you're an old man, you know, with like saggy mm-hmm. balls," and she's like, "Well, you ruined a family's life." And it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. "Oh, sorry, that was too far." Sorry, oh, that, that was too was far. Too far. <laughs> Fellas, we've all been there, right? We've all. <laughs> you think you're in the moment, and then yeah. whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the moment things are getting hot and heavy and then you remind uh the girl of the trauma that has defined her entire life since it happens it happens so <laughs> you got to find your boundaries david in a relationship and you won't know until you push up against them that's right that's absolutely i'm you know i'm glad he went there because yeah i'll just say one final observation uh which is i went to a uh i've been folks who follow my work on decoding everything.com and on my patreon will know that i'm in the process of uh learning how to play poker i went to a poker room recently and the guy who you know i i I like to strike up a conversation patrick i'm a bit of a conversationalist sure and the guy next to me he was from dubai and i said what do you do you like being he was a he works at a tech company here and he like comes to the U S for a quarter every year to do work. And I said, what do you prefer Dubai or the United States? And he says, Dubai. And I said, why? And he says, you know, everything's just a lot easier there. Um, you can get, uh, you can basically get people to help you with everything, people to drive you, people to like do your laundry, people to do everything, you know? And, uh, and I wanted to say, <laughs> But at what cost? You know, like, who, who is, somebody is suffering in that situation, you know? And I didn't say that because I didn't want to uh, start an incident at the poker room. Mm-hmm. But I, that's one of the best things about this show is it shows you at what cost, right? Like, what, what is the cost to the people who we, whose stories we don't typically see, who we don't typically talk about, who aren't typically highlighted? Um, not what most of the show was about, <laughs> but uh, but it was a significant part of the show, and that's what I really appreciate about expats. So, any other thoughts, Patrick Klepper, or Shall we wrap it up? No, uh, I mean, uh, very curious to see uh, you know what Lulu Wang does next as well. Uh, like the like, I, even though I come out of this uh, questioning some of the storytelling choices, again, it's that confidence that it's like, yeah. I, I would watch anything that she does next yeah. because I, my, my quibbles with this have, you know, in many ways may have more to do with the source material than like, mm-hmm. uh, than anything else. And it was just a strong, such, it's such an interesting work that, um, uh, from just a really confident filmmaker, um, uh, that that's a lot of what it came out of it. It's like, obviously I liked the farewell, but this, this being such a longer, uh, and so much having her stamp on it, uh, just made me more excited to see what she does as a creative going forward. 100% agreed. Uh, it's a really interesting piece of work, worth considering, and hopefully 
this conversation gave you a sense of the massive ups and downs that we went on <laughs> while watching expats on Prime Video. All right, that's going to bring us to the end. He is Patrick Klepek. I am David Chen. You're listening to or watching Decoding TV. Thanks so much. Uh, this week, coming up on the main episode, uh, we got Constellation and Shogun. We'll be discussing right here. Keep it tuned in. See you later. Goodbye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.